Welcome to the Prophecy Club. We're going to continue talking about the planned population reduction, but let me come back to that. I want to tell you a couple of radio programs that I am working on. As you know, Hawaii and Guatemala has been hit with earthquakes and volcanoes, people dying, property being destroyed. Does that relate to Bible prophecy? Uh, yes. <laughs> In the end times, yes, yes, very much. So I'm working on making a radio program talking about volcanoes and earthquakes in Bible prophecy. It's going to be very interesting. Also, I'm working on another one. Now, this one takes a little bit more time, but here's the question. Could trade wars, that's the topic, trade wars, in other words, with Trump coming up with all these tariffs and everything, could trade wars, Trump trade wars, could they bring on a doubling or tripling of prices, and could that be leading to shortages and people starving to death? Could it get really, really bad in America? Again, what does the prophecy say? Now, if you have some information about trade wars, volcanoes, things like that, now would be the time to email it to me at stan at prophecyclub.com. As a matter of fact, I'm specifically looking at, uh, with the volcanoes, I'd like to have some really nice footage of the lava flowing and everything like that because I'm thinking about turning this into one of those what we call Stan's office, you know, where it's uh, PowerPoint and then in the background, I could have some video of volcanoes flowing as I'm talking about how it relates to Bible prophecy. And if you have not watched one of those videos, here's the way you get there. It's real simple. Just go to YouTube, type in Prophecy Club Channel. Let it search for that, and then it'll bring up a bunch of stuff. But you click on the one that has my round picture on it, and then you choose Videos. And then you'll see the different, there's radio programs there too, but they just have the Prophecy Club logo. But you click on the one that has the topic you're interested in, and there's like 30 of them up there. Uh, really cool. So go check that out. Prophecy Club channel. Okay, so making a really good offer here for three really good DVDs. That is these three DVDs, of course, normally $30 each. You know that. Making all available, all three of them available for you give to $35. And it's The Medical Conspiracy by Bill Sneblin. Excellent. He explains how Federal Drug Administration, drug companies, medical schools collude together to destroy your health. Then anthrax, smallpox, and vaccinations by Dr. Lynn Horwitz. This is the guy that exposed where the AIDS virus came from. He's a real expert in this. And he talks about how this all relates to Bible prophecy. And he says vaccinations Medical biochips, politicians, and institutions are actually working toward the mark of the beast. Then you've been listening to the last couple of days is planned population reduction with Dr. Stan Monteith, talking about mercury preservatives, MSG, aspartame, fluoridated water, suppressed cures, chemtrails, anthrax, cancer treatments, lots of stuff. Get all three of those DVDs. For a gift of $35 at prophecyclub.com, or even better, for 20 bucks a month, you can go watch them all. Matter of fact, over 160 titles at watchprophecyclub.com. Now, just between me and you, I can tell you, watchprophecyclub.com is the biggest and best deal we have ever had. If you have not gone there and signed up, too bad for you. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. Uh, having, having the DVDs, those, those are important, too. 
But in terms of actually being to watch our DVDs, there's nothing that comes as close to being a good deal as going to WatchProphecyClub.com. You just put your credit card in and watch until your eyes are full. Uh, 20 bucks a month, you can watch it. And now we got 160 titles there now. But what I'm not supposed to tell you is actually when we're finished and we're loading them all the time, it's going to be close to 400 titles. You're going to see things you've never seen before from Prophecy Club. Watch prophecyclub.com. Okay, okay, enough of me talking. Let's go continue listening to Dr. Stan Monteith in Planned Population Reduction. The danger of abortion has been suppressed here in America. Girls are not told about the abortion breast cancer connection, the psychological problems. Television stations refuse all across America. You can't buy time to show the dismembered segments of the children's bodies after they've been pulled apart and hands and eyes and these things. If you've ever seen the pictures, they're horrible. How could you possibly conceal this? Why can't you buy time anywhere in America to show those pictures on television? Because our minds are molded, our ideas suggested, our tastes are formed largely by men we have never heard of. Well, when we talk about AIDS... I'm going to tell you a secret that most people don't know. And that is that HIV does not produce AIDS by itself. HIV is simply one of several components that are associated with this disease. And, of course, everybody with AIDS, by definition, has HIV. But almost all of them also have a mycoplasm infection. A mycoplasmum fermentans incognitus, which is, as far as we can tell a genetically engineered type of mycoplasm. Now, do you remember uh, I mentioned to you uh, that they'd brought the German scientists to the United States following the Second World War under Operation Paperclip? And I have been told uh, by responsible people that the German scientists were working on mycoplasm in Hitler's Germany, and they continued working on it here to make it more pathogenic uh, as a, a stealth organism that could infect people and create devastating epidemics. And so, uh, in fact, the government... Uh, actually uh, took out a patent on the mycoplasm incognitus, um, fermentants incognitus. Uh, Dr. Lowe, who was with the Armed Forces Institute of Pathology, took that out. And uh, in the patent, and you'll find that up on the Internet, why he mentions that you find this in AIDS, in chronic fatigue syndrome, you find it in fibromyalgia, and in other diseases. But they're not telling you that. They're telling you it's all HIV, and that's, that's a half-truth. <laughs> It is partly HIV and partly uh, this other entity. It is a combined infection. Now, secondly, the CIA began recruiting scientists here in the United States. Back in 1953, this is covered in a book called Alan Dulles, Gentleman Spy. And very secretly, they started getting scientists from many of our major universities, scientists who did not want anybody to know that they were working for the CIA because that would destroy their credibility. So everything was done very quietly. In the early 1960s, why uh, the intelligence agencies formed something called the Special Viral Cancer Program using hundreds of scientists working on these new diseases. Now, do you remember earlier we talked to you about Dr. MacArthur, who would worked for the Defense Department, who in 1969 had asked for $10 million to create a new disease for which there would be no immune response and could be used as another means of mass killing? Well, uh, that, I believe, was all tied into the Special Virus Cancer Program. The reason I believe that is because the CIA ordered all of the records destroyed. But fortunately, fortunately, the CIA is not as efficient as they would like to be, and there are people within government 
good people who love America, who are afraid to come forward, but they kept some of these, uh, uh, some of these documents around, and, and they have gradually filtered out, so that at least from report number 8 up to 15 are available today. And, of course, we know that in the report number 8, which was released in 1971, there's a flowchart in there where they talk about creating this new disease. Uh, if you've read the wonderful book by my friend Len Horowitz uh, called Emerging Viruses, AIDS, Ebola, and Other Diseases, uh, actually there is a copy of a contract that the gave, government gave to Lytton Industries to create a new virus, a new disease. Uh, we do know that... In 1978 and 1979, a group of homosexuals in San Francisco took an experimental hepatitis B vaccine. Now, uh, the vaccine was given to homosexuals because, as you know, many homosexuals will have up to a thousand sexual partners during their lifetime. And, and hepatitis B is very common among homosexuals. So here you get a group of homosexuals who are not HIV, hep hepatitis B infected. Uh, this is the group to check and see if the vaccine works. And the homosexuals, um, and most homosexuals are very nice people. They're very kind. They're very gentle people. We imagine them all there out shouting and yelling and screaming. But many of them are very productive citizens, and they volunteered for this experiment to find out if the hepatitis B vaccine was six, would work without realizing they were being used for an entirely different purposes. 75% of the homosexuals who took the experimental hepatitis B vaccine came down with AIDS, and most of them are dead today. The same thing happened in Africa. The same vaccine was used throughout Africa, and it is in those areas of Africa uh, where they gave the experimental hepatitis B vaccine uh, that, of course, AIDS has decimated the populations. And in the areas that did not get the hepatitis B experimental vaccine, there's relatively little of the disease today. So the first AIDS cases appeared in 1981. By 1984, there was a blood test. At that time, we could have identified it was infected and stopped the epidemic, but that was not to be. In 1984, of course, many of the hemophiliacs in the United States and throughout the world take something called factorate. It is made from human plasma that's refined, pooled, then refined, and they take a specific factor out, a clotting factor, uh, so that the hemophiliacs don't bleed. I practiced orthopedic surgery before we had factorate readily available, and hemophilia is a terrible disease, and they were always getting a bump, and they get this massive hematoma that would destroy their joints and chronic pain and in and out of the hospital, and, and really a tragic situation. Factorate was a wonderful thing for the hemophiliac. The only trouble is by 1984, it was a death sentence because it was infected, the lots of, of the um, factor eight were infected with HIV. Now, uh, this was rectifiable. All they had to do was take the, the factor eight, heat it up uh, to a certain heat. It didn't affect the effectiveness, uh, but it destroyed the virus. However, in the United States, in Canada, and in France, and in Japan, and perhaps in other countries that I don't know about, but I know about these four countries, they continued giving the factor eight knowing it was infected, knowing it would kill the hemophiliacs. In fact, the Hemophiliac Association here in the United States told the hemophiliacs to go ahead and take it. There was nothing to worry about. It wouldn't hurt them, knowing it would kill them. Now, you might wonder why that would happen. If you understand eugenics, you understand that the purpose of eugenics is to modify the gene pool. And if somebody has a hereditary disease and a reproducing, why they're going to produce more people with hemophilia. But if you can get rid of them, then you've cleaned the gene pool, you've rectified the problem. And so in the United States, in Canada, in Japan, in France, why they gave this, and 
tens of, tens of thousands of hemophiliac contracted the disease and died totally unnecessary. At least in Japan and in, in France, they had the integrity to try the doctors responsible. I don't think any of them were, were published or maybe punished. I think one of them went to prison for a short period of time. Uh, but of course, uh, you, you will all feel better that the Canadian government has apologized to the hemophiliacs' families because so many of them died. In Canada, about 1,100 hemophiliacs died. Totally unnecessarily, the same thing here in the United States. If you understand eugenics, it all makes sense. If you don't understand eugenics, you've got to think that these people are just terribly foolish. They just have no idea what they're doing. And I would like to suggest they know exactly what they're doing. They just don't want you to know. Well, by 1985, it was obvious that the U.S. Public Health Service and the CDC were determined not to try to stop the epidemic. How do you stop a major epidemic? You identify who has the disease. You try to stop them from spreading it to others. We did it with syphilis. We do it with gonorrhea. We can't do it with HIV because it could lead to discrimination. Why, if we tried to identify who had the disease, we could drive it underground. We might even get a false positive test. Why, why we could lead, tell somebody they were infected, they could be discriminated against. And the policy was implemented not only here in the United States of not trying to stop this epidemic, but throughout the world. Traditionally, we'd always done mandatory premarital testing for syphilis because, after all, if somebody had syphilis, you wouldn't want them to marry somebody and have them get syphilis or gonorrhea. That was part of the health exam. But the U.S. Public Health Service had a wonderful solution to that quandary. They simply stopped doing premarital testing for syphilis so that they could justify not doing it for, for uh, HIV. And, of course, the same thing held true as far as... The, Prenatal testing. I mean, we'd always tested mothers for syphilis so that if they had the disease, why they wouldn't pass it on to their children. The mothers could be treated with, with antibiotics, with penicillin, and that the child would be born healthy. But they've done everything they could in the United States to block uh, testing of mothers for HIV so that the d children would get, come down with the virus and would die from it. And you say that's incredible. That could never happen. And let me tell you, we are dealing with organized evil. And I fought this battle for a decade within organized medicine, till I finally came to the conclusion that there was no way we were going to do what was logical to stop this epidemic. It was going to be allowed to run its course. And millions, if not hundreds of millions of people would die unnecessarily. And I wrote a book called AIDS, The Unnecessary Epidemic. Uh, of course, we used the idea of safe sex. How's, here's how we're going to stop the epidemic. Why we're going to give everybody a condom. And we're going to push condoms. And then we're going to stop the spread of this disease by condoms. Safe sex! Do whatever you want to. And today, we have 65 million Americans with a sexually transmitted viral disease, the end result of a failed public health policy, or perhaps the end result of a successful public health policy, depending upon how you look at it. By then, from 1986 through 1990, we had a lot of disinformation about AIDS. People were saying, where did this disease come from? Oh, they, they, somehow it got in the, in, the, in the smallpox vaccine. And so they, a lot of people were, were that, and of course, it wasn't in the smallpox vaccine. It was, a, it was a story put out to throw you off the track. It was in the polio vaccine. There was a book written uh, called The River. I Perhaps uh, I assume that uh, the author of the, the book uh, was just misinformed, but he got a lot of people thinking that the AIDS virus was in the polio vaccine accidentally there and then of course they tested the polio vaccine and it wasn't there well that isn't where it came from but nobody will talk to you about the hepatitis b vaccine where 75 percent of the san francisco homosexuals that took the uh, vaccine came down with aids 
Well, they've done a good job of confusing the American people. Dr. 1988, Dr. Robert Strucker and his brother were trying to convince the American people that this was a man-made virus. Dr. Strucker's brother died under strange circumstances. Dr. Strucker's career was de- uh, uh, destroyed. He was a very successful physician. Uh, uh, now he lives uh, in obscurity down somewhere in Southern California. 1994, Dr. G- Gary Glum came out with a book called Full Disclosure. It's fascinating reading. He tell, says that a gentleman was dying of pancreatic cancer, came to him and said, I was part of the team that put together the AIDS virus, the AIDS disease, and I, I'm dying. I want to tell you the story. And so Gary Glum tells the story in his book, Full Disclosure. I wonder how many of you read it. I don't see any hands going up. Well, and then, of course, Dr. Len Horowitz, as I told you, his book, Emerging Viruses, must reading if you really want to understand this. Dr. Garth Nicholson, who... Um, uh, is one of the world's leading uh, scientists, has written over, I think, 500 to 600 peer-reviewed articles, told me personally that several scientists have come to him and, and told him they were part of this team, but they're afraid to come forward. They're afraid for their lives. Eighty microbiologists have died under strange circumstances in the last few years. Does that bother you? Would they really kill people to silence them about the origin of a disease that's now killed over 20 million people throughout the world? And I think that they would. Because I think we're th- dealing with people who march to a different drumbeat, who hear a different trumpet, who dream a different dream, who worship a different god. There's other res- evidences that this is a man-made disease. This is a race-specific disease. It affects primarily blacks in the United States, as I mentioned earlier. 65%, 60 to 65% of all the new cases are in blacks. Why is that when they only make up 10, 12% of the population? If you read a, and you can get this on the internet, at newamericancentury.org. That's the website, newamericancentury.org. There's a a booklet in there called Rebuilding America's Defenses on page 60. Uh, They say this, advanced forms of biological warfare that can target specific genotypes may transform biological warfare from the realm of terror to a politically useful tool. Advanced forms of biological warfare that can target specific genotypes may transform biological warfare from the realm of terror to a politically useful tool. What are they talking about? Getting rid of specific races. That's what they're talking about. Who is the New American Century? Well, go to their website, their project for the New American Century, known affectionately as PNAC. They're the the neocons, and they're organized in 1997. Go to their website, look at their, their initial statement of principles, and there you'll find... Dick Cheney, Donald Rumsfeld, Paul Wolfowitz, John Bolton, Skiver Liddy, um, uh, uh, Gary Bauer, William Bennett, uh, uh, Jack's friend. They were all part of this little group of 25 people who got together to figure out how they're going to take over our country and take over our government. And by gosh, they've done it. How did they do that? Well, there's a force behind them. And if you understand that force, then you can begin to understand what's really going on in the world today. But don't believe a thing that I say. Please go to their website, read their material, and understand that we now have a politically useful tool that will target specific genotypes. And, of course, AIDS targets the blacks. HIV originated in the homosexuals who took the experimental hepatitis B vaccine we've mentioned before. There were eight different subtypes of this disease that occurred I mean, we have uh, HIV-1, we have HIV-2. Under HIV-1, we have subtypes M and O. And then under M, we have subtype A and subtype B and subtype D and subtype E. And, and B is in America and Western Europe, and, and A and C are in Africa, and E is over in Thailand. Where do they all come from? 
Nobody can tell you because they all, none of them have changed. They're still there. Uh, they have not gone from one to the other. Somebody created eight different subtypes of this disease and spread it around the world. I wonder who it could have been. Dr. Gisselquist was a scientist uh, who had, had done an analysis of the reports that had come out of Africa on HIV-infected children. Now, how do children get this disease since they're not sexually active? Well, of course, they can get it from their mothers. But the trouble is that 40% of the mothers in one study of HIV-infected children, 40% of the mothers weren't HIV-infected. So how did the children get the disease? Well, I would like to suggest that it came from either contaminated vaccines or from dirty needles. And they are intentionally using dirty needles throughout the world to spread disease. And that may seem incredible to you, but I hope before the... (laughs) talk is over, I can convince you that these people know exactly what they're doing. Uh, The uh, U.S. public health officials and public health officials throughout the world have blocked routine testing, and they're even trying to block it in Africa. Botswana wants to do routine testing of everybody to find out who has the disease, and they're being viciously attacked. Why? Trying to identify the people. You could drive this disease underground. In Botswana today, 40% of the pregnant women, and Botswana has a, a great deal of money, so they have pretty good health service there, and they routinely test every woman before she delivers her child. 40, 40 to 42% of the women there are HIV infected. They're all going to die. Now, that is the, either uh, the greatest public health failure of all time or the most successful genocidal policy of modern times. And I will have to ask you, which do you think it is? The U.S. Census Bureau is monitoring the epidemic throughout the world. Why is the U.S. Census Bureau monitoring the epidemic throughout the world? Why at another time they had specialized laboratories and and business meetings and progress charts to see how well they were doing with eliminating the Jews in Hitler's Germany. Are they doing the same thing today? Let's see how well they're eliminating the, the blacks throughout Africa and the rest of the world. And then, of course, the Chinese epidemic. That is an incredible story, and I'm going to tell you a little bit how they got that going uh, a little later. But worldwide, 20 million people have died from AIDS. 40 million or more are infected and going to die. And these figures, I think, are very on the low side. Now, we're seeing throughout the world today an increase in antibiotic-resistant bacteria. And why is that? Well, because nobody will ever comment, but everybody uh, who has an altered immune system becomes a breeder for disease. Ordinarily, if you become infected... And we give you an antibiotic. Why, the antibiotic and your own immunity will control the disease and it goes away. If you have an altered immune system, you have no immunity. And the antibiotic is not strong enough to, you know, to, um, to kill uh, the, the, the bacteria. And so the bacteria then becomes resistant to the antibiotic. So everybody with a severely altered immune system becomes a breeder for this disease. As do the people on chemotherapy because we wipe out their immune systems. People on cortisol and with rheumatoid arthritis. And we give massive amounts of antibiotics to our livestock. And then we wonder why, uh, why of course, the, uh, we, their bacteria, which we ingest, are antibiotic resistance. Amantadine is a perfect example. Amantadine is an antiviral. It's one of the few... Um, antibiotics for uh, for viruses, and of course you've heard about the avian flu virus that they have that's wiping out the the um, uh, the fowl over in China and in Thailand and uh, uh, certainly in the Far East. So what they're doing is they're taking amantadine, they're they're putting it in the bird flu, pardon me, in the bird feed, and they're feeding it to the birds. And of course now the the avian flu virus is becoming resistant to amantadine. So if people get it, uh, they will have nothing to protect themselves. And then, of course, mercury. Mercury, of course, uh, promotes bacterial resistance, and we'll talk a little bit about that later when we get into the mercury scam. 
The anthrax vaccine. Anthrax vaccine was given to our troops during the first Gulf War. It's been continued to be given since that time, and the troops, many people who never deployed to the Gulf, are ill, in part because of the anthrax vaccine. Uh, in, one, in several instances, up to a quarter of one of the air bases, after they took the anthrax vaccine, um, a quarter of the people there were off duty. And, of course, the commander of the base refused to give the, the uh, anthrax vaccine. That ended his military career, but he did what was right because he thought more of his men than he did of his career. And, of course, we know that in the original anthrax vaccine that was given over in the Gulf, they used squalene, which is an adjuvant. It, it boosts the, um, the immune response, and it also creates terrible autoimmune disease. And this is one reason why we're seeing autoimmune disease increasing. Some batches of the anthrax vaccine contain this mycoplasma genetic, um, that we talked about, the same sort of uh, organism that we see with AIDS, 40 to 50 percent of the veterans of the Gulf War are totally or partially disabled. Do you honestly think that happened by accident? We uh, talk about aspartame. It's called NutraSweet. Now, uh, we know that a lot of studies have been done on this long before the, um, the, um, it was ever released back in 1981. Uh, there was a Dr. Olney who'd done experiments with this in animals. He found uh, that if you gave this to animals, they became pathologically obese. In other words, in fact, if you want to fatten up a ch an animal before the slaughter, you want it to be really fat, you feed it NutraSweet, which, of course, is what you're getting in all, most of your products today, because they know it produces pathological obesity. We hear so much today about pathological obesity. Oh, it's the colonel's fault. It's McDonald's fault. No, they're putting NutraSweet in everything, and they know it produces pathological obesity. They don't want you to know about that, because aspartame attacks the endocrine system. Uh, it uh, shows up and produces brain tumors, uh, and, of course, it produces brain lesions. So this is all the things that Dr. Olney showed in 1970 and again in 1980. We have those studies, and that was all known before they released it. Now, what does aspartame or NutraSweet actually do? Well, it produces adipose. That's a medical term for fat. Pathological obesity. And have you ever noticed how many fat people are drinking Diet Coke and Diet Pepsi? Why are they doing it? They're getting into it so they will lose weight. And they keep getting fatter. Why do they get fatter? Because it's, it's injuring their brain. And, and the scientific studies are there, and you can get them off the Internet. And the fact that the people don't know this is because Edward Bernay was absolutely right. Our minds are molded. Our tastes are formed. Our ideas suggested largely by men we have never heard of. Uh, aspartame interferes with sugar metabolism, and it will actually produce diabetes in certain people. It will complicate the management in others because it interferes with the endocrine system. It will interfere with pregnancy. It alters the reproductive cells in both men and women. It produces brain damage in fetuses. Uh, women who are taking lots of aspartame have difficulty conceiving. That diminishes the testosterone level. And you wonder why testosterone levels have fallen to 50% all across America? I'm going to break in right there, but I encourage you to get the medical conspiracy, anthrax, smallpox, and vaccinations, planned population reduction, three DVDs, $30 each, normally $90. Today, get all three of them for a gift of $35. Besides that, it goes to Prophecy Club. Help us continue to bring this to you. But, of course, the best deal is go to WatchProphecyClub.com. WatchProphecyClub.com. You can watch all of them for 20 bucks a month. What a deal. WatchProphecyClub.com. That is The Medical Conspiracy by Bill Snevelin, Anthrax, Smallpox, Vaccinations by Dr. Lynn Horowitz, and by Dr. Stan Monteith. You've just been listening to The Planned Population Reduction. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your prayers. And yes, it is summertime. Thank you for your gifts of support.
God bless. Now from the Prophecy Club, some exciting opportunities for you. The Extreme Summer Blowout is now in effect. You can get 50 DVDs for $250, that's $5 each. 25 for 160, that's 640 each. 15 for 120, that's 8 bucks each. 10 for 100, obviously $10 each. 6 for 70, 4 for 50, and 2 for $30. You can go to prophecyclub.com. There's a list of all the DVDs there, or you can call us and ask for the summer catalog. Or download the catalog at prophecyclub.com. Flip through it, then decide which DVDs you want. That's 785-266-1112, and it expires soon. Call 785-266-1112 today. Some restrictions apply. Dr. Bree Keaton just made a brand new DVD. It's called Is Trump or Patrick Henry? Now, it's not a political talk. Bree's mother was a descendant of the patriot Patrick Henry. She reveals shocking, never-released private family records, bloodlines, and gives you the true story of how God used Patrick Henry to save America. She helped me to see more clearly where we are and where we're going because most of history has already repeated itself. I promise you will like this DVD. It is Trump by Patrick Henry, prophecyclub.com.